You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I'm delighted to be able to share our guest with you today. Um, I just... Well, I I mean, of course, this man needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway because I just really want to brag about him for a second because the magic that you feel when you sit in his presence and when you talk with him is is just amazing. Um, Most of you know him from his books and and his courage and and kind of stepping into the space of of giving voice to to some things that that you know most of us I think we we admit in in, in our own worlds that that we'd be a little intimidated to walk into and so um, I really admire him for who he's agreed to be in this world and and what he um, continually encourages others to step into. But Gary Renard is author of um, Disappearance of the Universe amongst amongst others and 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 he's very prolific. In, in making sure that, that the written word um, continues to reflect what the journey that, that we're all on and all of us are seeking that connection and, and what we talk about here at Superpower Experts of, of really what are we doing here? Like, what's the point? Like, what, why are we going through all of this? Like, please tell me that there's, there's, there's some point to all of this. And so, so Gary has, has, some, um, has a lot of really valuable information to offer on that subject. So without further ado, um, well, and actually I do want to say, and I, I, just, I just really, really adore him and his wife, Cindy. Um, and so we're enjoying getting to know them and um, just being in that space with them. But without further ado, I really want to re- ask you to join me in welcoming Gary to the show. Welcome, Gary. Uh, thanks, Tonya. It is great to be with you. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Tony and Justin and Cindy and I are getting to know each other. We're becoming good friends. We shared a great breakfast together in Sedona. And Tony has already interviewed Cindy, and uh, she loved it. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be doing this. And, well, it, it is so funny how that all came about. You know, I just had to laugh. I, I think even in the middle of the interview with Cindy, I was laughing a little bit to myself because it was like, you know, everything just unfolds, you know, really naturally. And it, it, was, it was like, I'm, I'm, you know, having this silent talk with God while I was interviewing her, like, okay, I get it. Like, I totally saw how it all unfolded. Um, the obvious thing obviously would have been, oh, well, I want to interview Gary and have him on the show. But it, it just didn't ever come out that way. It was like, I, I, I went to your website and I, I was looking at Cindy's stuff. I was like, wow. And, and I just connected in that space in that moment with her. And I, you know, I had our assistant reach out and just say, Hey, we want to interview you. Um, and so it's just magical. The whole thing, you know, isn't it, isn't that life, right? It's just a magical existence. Uh, absolutely. And uh, everything happens exactly when it's supposed to. <laughs> we all met at the right time. You know, it's like a, a course in miracles, which is one of the subjects matters of my books it says the script is written you know those who are to meet shall meet and it happens exactly what it's supposed to and after a while you just kind of like let go and you start to trust uh, the holy spirit and uh, i've come to trust the holy spirit and when i say that i don't mean it as you know kind of like a religious thing it's like i've never been a religious person i like to say that in the winter i'm a buddhist and in the summer, I'm a nudist. But <laughs> it's like I, I 
trust the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has earned my trust. You know, mm. it's a very practical thing for me. It's like, uh, you know, I started on a spiritual path when I was about uh, 28 years old, which saved my life at the time because I was severely depressed. And uh, I hated life and I hated people and I hated God and I hated the world. And uh, I was just, you know, totally depressed to the point where I could not really function. And uh, fortunately for me, a friend of mine named Dan, I had one friend left at that time. And, uh, you know, he kind of like dragged me practically to do this thing called the EST training. And what that did was it gave me my first thought system. And I can't overemphasize how important it is to have a thought system because if you don't uh, train your mind in some way, then the mind will run wild like an animal. You know, it has to be tamed, which is why uh, I needed a thought system that gave me a way to consistently interpret everything that I saw in the world in a, in a good way, in a positive way, and in a consistent way. And until then, I didn't realize that the reason that I felt the way that I did and the, the way that I felt uh, so depressed had, you know, come about as a result of the thoughts that I had been having my whole life. Uh, it's always the thoughts that come first and then the experience follows. So what we need to do is uh, grab a hold of the power of the mind, uh, train the mind, break the thought patterns that result in feelings of depression and isolation and separation and change them uh, to think in a consistent way with spirit. Now, the reason I say spirit is because we really have you know, like two identities. There's the false you, which uh, we'll call the ego, because of course the miracles definitely calls it the ego, and the ego is based on separation and division and making everything in the world real, which it's not, but which we'll get to. And uh, the ego wants it to be real because the ego likes this idea of separation and uh, clings to the idea of individual identity and personal existence. And people actually think that they are that person that they think they are and that they are that body and that uh, everything that goes along with separation is true. And that's the false you. And then there's a real you, a, a you that is true. And that is not based on separation. That is based on wholeness. It's based on oneness. And that is spirit. Now, for our purposes, uh, we're going to think about spirit as not being a partial attribute. Uh, we're not going to think of it as being an individual thing, because that's still a separation idea. You know, it's like I have uh, a soul, supposedly. And the soul, uh, well, it goes on after I die. And the soul, well, it looks suspiciously like the body that I just left. And that's still a separation idea. It's still an idea of personal existence, individual identity. And what A Course in Miracles is saying, well, no, actually, spirit is not a partial thing. Uh, true spirit is all of it, not part of it. It would be kind of like the Course's definition of perfect oneness, you know, the, uh, the knowledge of perfect oneness and the awareness of it, the knowledge that there is nothing else, nothing else but this perfect oneness with God, which is your true identity. So right away, you have a choice to make. Are you going to identify and believe in the false you, which is temporary and uh, which is based on separation? 
or are you going to believe in the truth, which is a constant. Uh, the constant is not shift or change. Uh, the truth is God, and God is love, and love is a constant, and the truth was the truth 2,000 years ago, and the truth is the truth today, and the truth will still be the truth 2,000 years from now, and it doesn't matter if we understand and agree with it or not. Uh, the truth is not subject to our interpretation. The truth is a constant that will always be there, and the only thing that we can do is choose one or the other. That's our real power in this world. And whichever one you choose to believe in will be what affects you. So, you know, of course, miracle says, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. And that's a pretty tall order because when you get out there and the world gets in your face, it can be a little bit hard to hang on to that Holy Ghost grin. You know, so uh, it really is uh, something that's going to come down to a certain kind of forgiveness that chooses what do you believe you are and what you choose will be what you think is real and ultimately will even establish your own identity as you will see it and believe that it is. And uh, if we get a chance, I want to talk very briefly about a certain kind of forgiveness that accelerates that process of awakening uh, because this is very much a dream and of course, it's a very old idea that the world is an illusion. But uh, I think that what A Course in Miracles does is it, it takes that idea and brilliantly refines it into the idea that this is a dream that you will awaken from. And it's that awakening that is enlightenment. You know, it's what Buddha was talking about when he said, I am awake. But he didn't mean that he was more awake in the dream which is what passes for enlightenment among many people because everybody's into being more aware and awake and conscious in the dream. But that's not what Buddha was talking about. That's not what A Course in Miracles uh, is talking about. It's not talking about being more awake in the dream. It's talking about awakening from the dream. And that's not just a minor distinction. You know, it's everything. You know, most people nowadays, when they hear that Buddha said, I'm awake, they think that he meant that he felt amazingly alert and ready to manifest like hell. And uh, that's not what he was talking about. <laughs> he wasn't talking about making things happen in the dream, which, you know, you can certainly do and which you can be guided to do by the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, uh, enlightenment is about awakening from the whole thing and realizing that uh, just like you were in bed the other night having a dream, like I was in bed the other night having a dream, and the dream was so real that I thought it was true. And when you're in a dream, for all intents and purposes, that dream is your reality. You respond to it, you'll move around, you'll toss and turn, uh, your heart will beat harder, you'll breathe faster, you're responding to it as though it's real. So for you, it is real. But what happens when you wake up? Well, the dream disappears. And you're surprised to find out, I was surprised to find out, that I had never left the bed. You know, it was there the whole time. It's not that it wasn't there. It was just out of my awareness. But it was there the whole time. And that's what heaven is like. That's what the kingdom of God is like. It's not that it's not here. It is here. It's everywhere. And it hasn't gone anywhere. And it hasn't changed. It's a constant. It's like uh, Jesus said 2,000 years ago. 
And uh, you can see this in the Gospel of Thomas. You know, the disciples went up to Jesus. And we said, uh, when will the kingdom come? And he said, well, you will not come by watching for it. It will not be said, behold here or behold there. Rather, the kingdom of the Father is spread out upon the earth, and people do not see it. Well, they don't see it because it's out of their awareness. It's not that it's not there. But the time will come for everybody when they will awaken to the truth. And what is really there will come to their awareness. It's not that it's not there. So we have to remember that A Course in Miracles is a very big teaching. You know, it's not uh, the piddly little teaching that a lot of its teachers make it out to be. It's not uh, a personal thing except in the way that the Holy Spirit works with you. But in terms of what it's teaching, when it talks about removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance, well, removing the blocks, uh, that's undoing the ego. You know, as the Course says, uh, salvation is undoing. And that's a brilliant approach, because if you could undo the false you, if you could undo the ego and complete the job, then eventually the real you would be all that's left in your experience. So the real you is already perfect. You don't have to do anything about that. You know, it's already the same as your creator. It's already exactly the same as God, perfect oneness. And you don't have to do anything about that. All that you have to do is undo, you know, undo the false you. That is accomplished through a certain kind of forgiveness. So you remove the blocks to the awareness. You know, the Course uses the word awareness when it talks about heaven. Uh, it doesn't use that word in this world of separation, but it uses that word when it refers to heaven. Removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. Well, your natural inheritance is nothing less than the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. It's all yours. Uh, it was given to you as a gift by God. You don't have to earn it. You know, it's yours. Uh, if somebody gives you a birthday present, you don't have to earn it. So really all that you have to do is awaken to it. And you awaken to it by undoing the ego, and you undo the ego with the kind of forgiveness that is taught in my books and A Course in Miracles. And, uh, you know, A Course in Miracles certainly does not claim to be the only way to get home to God. You know, this is not a religion. Uh, you know, it's not something that you have to believe in. You know, it's not something that you have to proselytize for or convince people that it's the right way or the only way. Uh, but I do think it's fair to say that A Course in Miracles claims to be a fast way to get home, a fast way to undo the ego. It says the miracle, which is a certain kind of forgiveness, but this kind of forgiveness comes from a place of cause and not effect, which we'll get to. But uh, it says the miracle can substitute for learning that may have taken thousands of years. Uh, you know, it says the chief aim of the miracle worker is to save time. So I do think it's fair to say that the Course uh, can save you a lot of time. It can save you countless lifetimes in your spiritual development and just get you home a lot faster. So to me, that's a pretty practical feature. And uh, I had to be on a spiritual path for 15 years before I even found A Course of Miracles because I wouldn't have been ready for it. And the Course really is not for spiritual beginners. It's for uh, people who have been around the block a couple of times and they realize that maybe there is a reality that is just beyond the veil. You know, there's a reality of spirit 
that is everywhere and it's just kind of like being covered over by this thin veil of illusion that people take for granted and think is reality when it's really very much like a movie. Uh, the Course says you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by. That's a pretty good description of a movie because the movie's already been filmed. And our real power lies in choosing, you know, whose interpretation of the movie are you going to listen to? You know, it's like you're sitting in a movie theater and uh, you got the ego sitting on one side of you. And the ego is saying, well, you can't forget that bastard. You know, he doesn't deserve it. And this is a real problem. And it's a real world and you're a real person and you better really take care of it. And all that does is keep the whole can of worms real in your mind and keeps you believing in it. And wherever you invest your belief, that is what will affect you. So, uh, of course, America says about this certain kind of forgiveness that it denies the ability of anything not of God to affect you. So what we're doing is we're kind of like uh, taking that belief that we put in the world, we're taking it back, and we're putting that belief where it belongs, which is why the Course says be vigilant only for God and his kingdom, which uh, nobody does at first. It's a process, but it's a good process. And as you undo the ego, your experience can start to change because now if you're investing your belief in spirit, then that is going to be what is going to come to affect you. So maybe your experience of life uh, will change. Maybe your body will start to feel lighter. You know, maybe it will start to feel more like the figure in a dream that it really is instead of this thing you have to carry around. Uh, maybe it'll become more elastic. Maybe it'll be more difficult to hurt it. You know, a couple of years ago, I was in an airport and I was going down the escalator and somebody behind me accidentally pushed me and I went uh, face first down the escalator. And uh, it was, you know, pretty gross. There was blood all over me and everything. But the weird thing was it didn't hurt. And I thought, boy, that's strange. You know, that should hurt. And it didn't hurt. And there'll be uh, times, you know, you'll probably go back and forth at first. Sometimes it'll hurt, sometimes it won't. But there will be times when you might get in a little accident and you get hurt and it doesn't hurt. And then you'll say, wow, something is happening here. Something very interesting is happening here. Uh, somebody walks into the room that you can't stand. You know, they used to always push your buttons. They used to always make you feel uncomfortable. Then one day they walk into the room and they have no effect on you. And you're peaceful. And that's how you'll know if you've really forgiven something because things that used to affect you don't bother you anymore. Gary, I want to jump in on this piece because part of the um, challenge and what I loved so much about what um, I gleaned from your books and stuff was, was the concept you were just talking about, about the idea of it happening in a replay. Um, and, and so there were a couple pieces that you hit up on. I want to take a quick break though for our sponsors. And then when I come back, I want to tie this into the, um, that superpower conversation and how we can really help people make the connection between, um, the amazing information that you're offering and the, um, perspective of there being more, right? And so, so when we get back, I want to, we're going to ask Gary about his superpowers and we're going to dive into this further. So stay tuned, and we will be back. If you're joining us, you're on Superpower Podcast, and we're listening to the amazing Gary Renard. We'll be right back.
Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. Well, we're back. And if you're just now joining us, we're with Gary Renard here on the Superpower Up podcast. And uh, if you missed the first part, make sure you go back and listen to it because amazing, amazing information about Course in Miracles, about forgiveness, about the illusion. And Gary, I wanted to ask you, um, first of all, what, what are your superpowers with regard to all of this? Well, uh, I remember after being on a spiritual path for about 13 years, and this was oh, maybe one or two years before I even got into A Course in Miracles, I noticed that I had discovered what I would call uh, the in-between zone. And that is the zone where I am when I'm just kind of like falling off to sleep and not quite asleep, still awake, but kind of like just in between. And the same thing happens when I wake up in the morning. I'm not quite awake, still a little bit asleep. It's kind of like that in-between zone. And it, it's at that point that I see visions. You know, I see, uh, it's almost like watching a movie. And many times it involves uh, past lifetimes. And I go back 2,000 years ago to the time of Jesus. And it's very much like watching a movie, often with sound. It started off at first just being still pictures. But eventually it developed into movies and movies with sound. And uh, I'm giving all kinds, uh, getting all kinds of information in these uh, movies that I see. And uh, then what started happening was I would see flashes of light in between objects. And it wasn't until I was doing the course, there's a workbook lesson, number 15, talks about light episodes. And these light episodes are symbolic of the fact that your mind is starting to awaken, that uh, you're opening your eyes, which is symbolic, the way the course puts it. And uh, your awareness is increasing. And the course says that as your awareness increases, you may develop many abilities that may seem quite startling to you. Uh, But it says, do not fear them you're simply becoming more natural. So uh, you start developing psychic abilities, psychic powers. And it really just means that your awareness is increasing, that you're undoing the ego, that you're gaining more access to the mind, you're gaining more access to spirit. Uh, Then you start getting inspired ideas, uh, which I certainly believe that these are given to me by the Holy Spirit. In fact, the word inspired comes from the words in spirit. And the more you undo the ego, the more spirit is taking over your mind. And you may have all kinds of wild things uh, happen. And any superpowers that I feel today, I believe, come from working with the Holy Spirit, which brings up uh, how my books got started, because I was meditating uh, one day in my living room in Maine, and I felt like I had gotten very good at meditating. And I would meditate for like an hour and a half a day. And one day I opened my eyes and there were two people uh, sitting there on my living room couch. Uh, There was this beautiful, amazing, drop dead gorgeous woman was sitting there and uh, some guy, 
I didn't look at him too much, but uh, <laughs> they started to talk to me. And, uh, you know, what they were saying was very interesting. And they didn't seem anything to be afraid of because the look on their faces was so peaceful that they did not inspire fear. They inspired peace. Okay, yeah. wait, wait, Gary, I have to step in here. So for those of you listening, like, like he's so peaceful and he's, the, I mean, Gary, you're just, you're just so amazing. But, but I just want to put this in perspective. So folks, what he's talking about is he's sitting in a room and all of a sudden these beings appear to him, not, not etheric, not, not wispiness, not, I think I just saw something, but all of a sudden here are these beings sitting there. Gary, <laughs> how did you, like, you're so calm about it. Like, how did that, like, I get that they didn't invoke fear or anything else, but wow, you know, that just, just wow. Did you have that immediate, like, what the, you know, how, what was that like? Yeah, what the, yeah, that came to mind. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I admit it was pretty high up there on the weird carpal meter. But, uh, <laughs> at the same time. They did seem so peaceful, and what they were saying uh, sounded interesting, and that was their shortest visit ever. Uh, it didn't last that long. Uh, they were almost like preparing me for the second visit, which was their longest visit ever. And, uh, you know, it was like they just didn't seem to be anything to be afraid of. And uh, I was in a peaceful state of mind because of the meditation. And uh, they said that they'd be back in a week. And I don't know if I believed him or not. I thought, well, you know, maybe I've been meditating too much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, many years before I would discover what they really are, which I'll get to. But uh, you have to understand that at that time, I was really out in the boondocks. And uh, I didn't have anything better to do. And uh, so I didn't mind... Uh, having this, at first it seemed like a diversion, and then it became the most important thing in my mm. life. And uh, it, it, was, it was very interesting. And they appeared to me for the purposes of that first book. They, they told me after a few chapters that you see in the book, you can see that they told me I was going to write a book. And that wasn't my goal. You know, that wasn't my dream at that time. I had been a musician my whole life. And if I was going to write something, I would have liked to have written a big hit song <laughs> that would be my, my plan you know I, I, I write a song uh, the song sells uh, 10 million copies and I move to Hawaii and drink beer you know, that, that would have been like my uh, big plan and the Holy Spirit is kind of like uh, no <laughs> and then God laughed right <laughs> you, know, there's, uh, you know there's something else for you to do you know, and uh, so they're saying, you know, I'm going to write a book. I'm not a writer. You know, I said, look, I have a hard time writing a check. What do you mean writing a book? <laughs> and, uh, but it was practically handed to me on a silver platter. My main mm -hmm. uh, to my books is that I write my narration. I, I put in my notes. I explain uh, what was going on for me at the time and how I was trying to practice this kind of forgiveness, which wasn't easy for me. You know, it took, I think, years for me to get good at it. And uh, then at times I felt like I was in the slow class. But actually, what my teachers did looking back on it, and they're still doing it, I, I have a fourth book coming out uh, around Thanksgiving. And it's like, what they did for me was they started telling me about this thing called The Course in Miracles. And they said at the end of the second visit that I was going to start studying it. And I'd never heard of that. And I, my attitude was, well, nobody's going to tell me what to do. But, uh, <laughs> There I was, 
and they knew this, but there I was three days later buying my first copy mm. of A Course in Miracles, and I picked it up and I started to read it, and it's like, what the hell is this? I, I mean, it made no sense whatsoever to me. It might as well have been written in a foreign language. And uh, I didn't know this at the time, but uh, A Course in Miracles is a holographic presentation. It starts off with its most advanced ideas. And uh, one example, the, the first miracle principle is that there is no order of difficulty in miracles. One is not harder or bigger than another. They're all the same. So you pick that up and read that. I don't know how anybody could possibly know what that means. And it starts off with all of these advanced ideas and doesn't explain them in a linear way. It just uh, gives them to you and keeps repeating them and hopefully you're gonna pick it up as time goes on. Uh, that doesn't really happen for most of its readers and the course ends up sitting on their bookshelf uh, for years. And what my teachers did was they gave me a linear presentation of the course. They spelled it out for me. They explained everything in, in a way that, you know, a 12-year-old child could understand. And they really gave it to me in a way that I could understand it. And then once I understood it, I could go back and read the course. And it made total sense to me right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that linear presentation has empowered not only me to be able to understand the course, and if you understand something, that makes it possible for you to apply it. And the real progress is made in the application. It's not meant uh, just to be understood. It has to be done. You have to apply it uh, to the everyday situations and events and relationships that you find yourself in. But if you do that, then you will progress light years quickly. Uh, on your spiritual path. Well, and I want to I want to ask you about that because the um, you know I, I appreciate everything that you're sharing, and I think that a big part of the hurdle with the Course in Miracles is well a few things. One, uh, one we have so much in our collective consciousness about you know the Christian dialect and the and the construct, um, and, and but then two, you know where for me you know my personal journey with it was it it was it felt antithetical to. The information I was receiving and so I'm so grateful that you, you were willing to come on the show and talk about superpowers and kind of put it in that perspective and you and, and you even were willing to address the concept of of the miracles and then all these gifts that come forward because because I found that really challenging to reconcile so so it was like here was this like you know like seemingly religious biblical kind of doctrine even though I know that's not what the course professes to be you know, that was the only box I had to put it in. But then here I'm getting all this information about the matrix and abilities and time travel and all these other things. And it was like, those seemed like, like juxtaposing ideas and concepts. Um, and so how, like, like how important is it for us to, in this day and age now, be able to tie all of that together? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have uh, two different levels. You have uh, the level of the mind where the course is done. Then you have the level of the dream, which is coming from the mind. So uh, the course, in a, a very practical way, is not asking you to give up anything. There is no sacrifice. Uh, you can still have your life. You can still have the things that you like. You don't have to give up anything. You can still have possessions. You can still have money. You can still be successful. Uh, you can still have sex. You can still have all these interests in uh, all the different things that are there in the dream. The only difference with The Course in Miracles is that you're looking at it differently because now you're looking at it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. 
and uh, that leads to peace, where the ego's interpretation eventually leads to conflict, because as long, as long as there's conflict in the mind, there will be conflict out there on the screen, because what you're seeing is an effect, and it's the mind that is caused, which is why the Course says this is a course in cause and not effect. So now it's kind of like you're in a movie theater, and instead of always trying to change the screen, uh, which at best is going to work temporarily, now you're trying to fix the cause, and the cause is where the projector is. You know, in a movie theater, you don't turn around and look at the projector. You know, your attention has been diverted to the screen, and after a while, you forget that what's happening on the screen isn't true. It's a trick. It's an illusion. But you forget about that, and you get sucked into the story, and you might get emotional about what's happening on the screen. Uh, you might even talk to the screen. You might say, hey, no, no, don't go there. You know, and you, you're getting into it. And you forget that if you really wanted to change what was on that screen, then it's not going to do you that much good to fool around with the illusion, fool around with the screen. If you really want to change what's on the screen, you've got to find that projector. And you have to change what's in the projector. And if you mm. change what's in the projector, the screen will take care of itself. So the way Course yeah. in Miracles puts it is you, you take care of the cause and the effect will change automatically. It's just that your focus has changed now. Now you're coming from a place of cause because this is your dream. Uh, most people don't know that they're dreaming. And if they don't know that they're dreaming, then they're at the effect of it. That's so interesting because that was one of the biggest concepts when, so I call it the abstract frequency. Like that's how I experienced it. And that was kind of the verbiage that I was given to put around it. Um, but it, it is exactly what you're talking about. It, it's moving into where you're um, coming from, you know, you're, you're following the Holy script, the Holy spirit script as opposed to the ego script. And the cause and effect piece was so huge. And I kept, I kept hearing these words come out of my mouth that it's like, wait, the cause and effect are backwards here. Like, like I kept saying, it's opposite of what we thought it was. Um, and so it's like up until a certain point, it felt like my existence was, you know, the cause and effect is like if A, then B. But then all of a sudden there was this moment in time where all of a sudden it was like if B, then A. And it was like, what just happened? Like I felt like I was in a fun house, like everything got turned upside down. Um, so I love the fact that there's the continuity in the verbiage. Um, around, you know, some of the information that I've read that, that, that has nothing to do with the Course in Miracles, um, the information I've received on my own, all, all of this stuff. But I think that the cause and effect piece, in my opinion, is one of the most crucial concepts uh, to get down. Um, how, you know, what advice do you have for people on how to really flip that? Yeah, you know, I should put that uh, in terms of the concept of abundance because everybody is interested in abundance nowadays. <laughs> and I've met uh, you know billionaires here in California. They have all the money they could ever want. You know, they can have anything they want, and they're still coming from a place of lack. <laughs> they're still mm -hmm. Yep, it's amazing. Yeah. And they'll say to me, Gary, you know, I feel like uh, something is missing. And I say to them, Well, actually, something is missing. That's why you feel mm -hmm. that way. And uh, a course of miracles says that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. So A Course in Miracles brings about abundance also, but what it's teaching is that in order to truly be coming uh, to a place of abundance, you have to be coming from a place of abundance. So, uh, you know, if you could undo that one real lack, uh, that sense of separation from your creator, 
then all the rest would start to take care of themselves because now you're taking care of the cause of that feeling of lack. You're changing it to abundance. Uh, as the Course says, Christ needs nothing and wants to join with others out of a mutual awareness of abundance. Mm. You know, you know, so now you're coming from this place of abundance. You don't have to get anything from anybody. Uh, you start to feel like you're taken care of. You're being provided for. And a very interesting thing happens when you're coming from that place. It makes it much easier for abundance to actually show up out there on the screen. Uh, when you're coming from a place of lack, you're actually cutting off your supply. But when you come from a place of abundance, and, and when I say you're cutting off your supply, even if you have a lot, look at how many people get money, and then a year or two later, it's gone. You know, they don't hang on to it. They don't keep it. They don't stay in a place of abundance because they're not really coming from a place right. of abundance. But if you could do that, then you'd always be taken care of. And there would always be abundance showing up uh, in your movie and in your dream, so to speak. So, but uh, it can't be because of that. Like, and I think that that's the, what you're talking about is so important. It can't, you can't do it for those reasons. Exactly. The, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like an after effect. It, it's like uh, what the Course in the Song of Prayer calls uh, the echoes, the overtones, the mm -hmm. harmonics of the Holy Spirit's love and God's love. It's kind of like that's not the purpose of what you're doing, but it does show up as a result of what you're doing. So uh, there's an irony there. Uh, that in coming from a place of abundance, instead of trying to get it, you end up getting it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so funny. I, we get asked that question a lot because the superpower experts model was really very divinely inspired. And, and it was just me. I had finally gotten to a place where I was willing to follow that guidance. And, and so the construct of it was very pure and organic in, in its form. And of course, it's working beautifully and growing exponentially and all these other concepts. And we've touched so many people through the podcast as well as the membership and people ask now, you know, now they want to know, well, how did you do it? And, and you know, what was the, the revenue model and what was all this and what was all this? And, and it's like, I have to stop myself and be like, okay, let's, let's see if we can put it into terms that people could comprehend because that was never the driving force. It, it, and, and I always, and I was told and I believed that that would be the natural byproduct but the concept of building this with the intent to make money was ludicrous. It was, it, was, it was the money would come from building it in alignment with the guidance given. And it was strict. I mean, I'm sure you, you've had a, a, a similar experience. It was like, there wasn't any like, like, well, you could do it sort of this way, but then go ahead and, and, and do all these other things or go ahead and, you know, oh, yeah, you can add in these other components. It was like there were very strict guidelines that were given. And when I deviated from those at all, even in the slightest, the, the, the effect, you know, wasn't favorable. And so it was like it was this constant, like, nudging back on track. And, and it's so um, – it's such a fascinating dialogue when people want to constantly put it back into a, a, a tangible kind of third dimensional ego script reality. And you're like, but it, it didn't come from that place. So it's very challenging to speak two different languages about a concept to draw those connections. Um, have, have you had a similar experience? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's a byproduct of uh, Course in Miracles and that's uh, these inspired ideas that are given to you by the Holy Spirit. Uh, for example, you may have a business and you're having a hard time getting it to work and uh, you can't quite 
figure out how to make money, how to, how to make it work. But if you've been working with the Holy Spirit and undoing the ego, then what happens is uh, without intent on your part, you're just sitting around, you're not doing anything special. Uh, you forget about your problems and you're eating lunch and then all of a sudden an idea comes to you and it's an inspired idea and it will tell you how to make that business work and how to make money. And this is true of everything in your life. You can be guided. You know, people have uh, questions that are very important to them. Yeah, it's just a dream, but it's still important to them. And, uh, you know, should I stay with this person? Uh, should I move? Should I stay with this career? Uh, you know, I've, I've made big decisions like that uh, in my life since I started doing the course. I never thought I would move from New England to California. I never thought that I would uh, be uh, living with this, you know, beautiful woman who's also into A Course in Miracles. I, I never thought that I'd be traveling all over the world. If you told me 25 years ago, before all of this started, that any of that was going to happen, I wouldn't have believed it. And uh, it came about as a result of uh, undoing the ego and listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that guidance can be very practical. Yeah, it's, once again, it's not what the Course is about. The main goals of the Course are, first of all, peace. And uh, you know, I used to think, wow, peace, big deal. What's that going to get me? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, like that and a, a nickel will buy you coffee, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, as the Course says, a tranquil mind is not a little gift. There are all kinds of things that come about as a result of that that we don't even think of until it starts to happen. And the Holy Spirit can guide you to amazing things. And uh, the way that you feel is affected. It's like uh, I started doing this, The Course of Miracles, 24 years ago. Uh, I feel better today than I did 24 years ago. You know, I mean that. And, uh, you know, the benefits that come to you, just very practical. You know, it's like uh, Emerson said, health is the first wealth. And uh, you, know, you can't put a price tag on some of the things that can come to you as a result of doing this. Then at the same time, you get to have your life, an inspired life. Uh, the Holy Spirit will lead you to what is best for everybody, not what is just best for you. But if it's best for everybody, well, it's also good for you. And it may not always fit your pictures, but it's good. And uh, I'm not complaining, you know, just because I didn't have my hit record. <laughs> you know, I'm not uh, complaining about it because what I was led to is even better. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm very happy. And, uh, you know, it's like very practical. So you get to have your life. You don't have to give up anything. It's a better life. It's a better quality of life. And then on top of that, at the same time, you get to slowly but surely awaken in God. So you talk about a win-win situation absolutely well win 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 because ultimately and, and and we'll have to have you back on the show sometime to talk about the impact that has on the collective because again we have this concept you know everyone's about mass consciousness and waking everyone up and the irony is is that it, it, it really is a singularity right the oneness kind of concept but that is you know I, I can see how all of that fits together in terms of the evolution of uh, what comes next in that that um, connection process and so it's the connection to source connection to self connection to others and then ultimately the connection within all of us and it, it you know it seems so counterintuitive to trust first and implement second especially those of us who are entrepreneurs 
Um, but, but I appreciate the fact that you're giving voice to that. I know, I, I know, you know, we're, we're wrapping up on time here, but, but, but I promise all of you who are listening, we'll have Gary back on, we'll have many more conversations. Um, but for now, where can people go to find out more about you? Well, uh, they can go to my website, uh, GaryRenard.com. That's G-A-R-Y-R-E-N-A-R-D.com. I thought of the name for the website myself. And uh, it's really uh, <laughs> all kinds of information. Uh, my fourth book will be out at the end of the year. But uh, you know, if they uh, want to find out more about my work uh, and if they want to read my stuff, the best book to start with is probably the first one. Uh, the Disturbance of the Universe. Absolutely. And, and we'll have links in the article for that, too. And uh, um, there's also uh, a schedule that says where I'm going to be speaking. And uh, I do speak all over the world, although I am uh, starting to gradually uh, cut back on my travels because I do want to spend more time writing. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, I, I love to speak. and I'll, I'll never quit doing that. I just may not do it as much as I have. Uh, in the past, because sometimes my schedule has been pretty crazy. But coming uh, from the guy who never thought he'd be up speaking in front of people, right? Oh, that's for <laughs> sure. I, mean, I, I dreaded the idea. I hated the idea of speaking in front of people, and uh, I couldn't have done it without the Holy Spirit. And I think by the third or fourth time that I did it, there was absolutely no stress whatsoever. Mm. Uh, stressful was brushing my teeth. Very cool. Well, that I, I love. You're such a walking testament to, you know, what, what it looks like to do the work. And, um, you know, for those of you listening, I highly, highly recommend you check out Gary's work. Um, as you can tell, he's, he's a wealth of information. Um, and and watch, watch the inner dialogue around wanting to disregard some of it. We talked a little bit about this when, when we had Cindy on the show. But it's easy for us to give in to our old constructs about the Holy Spirit and God and, and the Bible. And, 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 and it's not even, um, you know, it's so far beyond all of that, that really use this as an opportunity to check your own stories and, and to see what's being brought up for you to be evolved right now and to, to, to have a different perspective on and, and look at it as the gift that it is if you're feeling challenged by some of the dialogue instead of moving right into judgment about it and, and disagreement, ask yourself, why am I feeling like I need to have an opinion about this or I need to disregard this or I, or I really want to write it off? And, and check in with yourself. Um, and of course, if you want to continue to have conversations about that, we're always happy to have those within the superpower net. Uh, Gary, any final words before we let you go? Well, uh, I would just say that I think that without being on a spiritual path, without A Course in Miracles, uh, my life would have been kind of sad. And uh, if there's one feeling that I have nowadays, you know, for all of this, uh, it's a feeling of gratitude. And I would remind people to uh, remember to be grateful because that is a great place to be coming from. If you're coming from a place of gratitude, you're opening yourself up to even more to be grateful for. So mm. uh, that, that would be my thought of the day. Come from a place Perfect. of gratitude and you won't regret it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think, I think that that's a phenomenal place to start from. And um, when you take it back to that place, ma- magic really does happen, folks. Um, but, but it's a discipline, you know, and, and I love that Gary started off the show by talking about the fact that you have to have a way to manage the mind. Um, and so, so that's a lot of the concepts and the practice that we operate in the superpower net. And we're always happy to assist with that. Gary, 
I can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, you know, coming on a show and tying together the concepts of superpowers and, and the course in miracles. Um, and I look forward to many, many more conversations. Well, thank you, Tonya. And uh, I really appreciate the work that uh, you and Justin are doing. So keep it up. You know, thank you. Thank you so much. And to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.